This is Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. The opinions voiced in Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to Wealth Wake Up Live, Dick Donahue, Wealth Advisor with you this Saturday morning here live. I'm in studio and I got a couple of disclosures that my compliance people tell me that I have to include in here, including telling you that you cannot invest directly in indices, that the performance of an index is not indicative of the performance of an investment that does not take into account the effects of inflation, fees, and expenses. And that the S&P 500, when I mentioned it, is an, it's a capitalized weight index of 500 stocks designed to measure the performance of the broad domestic economy through changes in the aggregate market value of 500 stocks representing all major indices. And if we talk about IRA and Roth conversions, conversion to a Roth is a taxable event. Now I can start talking about the weekly wrap-up. And the stock market pulled back this week after a big run recently. Trading reflected some consolidation efforts and growth concerns in a slowing economic environment. The Fed has been in the middle of those growth concerns as Fed officials have reiterated that they are not done yet raising rates. Comments by the St. Louis Fed President Bullard, who is a 22 FOMC voter, were the most impactful for market participants this week when he acknowledged that the Fed funds rate is not yet at a sufficiently restrictive level and then showed in a Taylor Rule exercise that it may need to go to the 5 to 7% range in the battle to get inflation under control. Other remarks from Fed officials included the federal government Christopher Waller, who is also a voter, who said that we've got a ways to go before stopping interest rate hikes. Later in the week, he said that, more, that he's more comfortable stepping down to a 50 basis points. That would be a half percent hike in the December meeting following the economic data releases from the last few weeks. And Fed Vice Chair Brainerd said it may soon be appropriate to slow the pace of rate hikes. Kansas City President George, uh, who is a, vo- a voter for her part, said a real showing in labor markets and a contraction in the economy may be needed to reduce inflation, according to CNBC. And Boston Fed President Collins, who's also a 22 voter, said in a CNBC interview that a 75 basis point hike is still on the table. And then we get to San Francisco Fed President Daly, who is not a, she's a 24 voter, that said that the idea that the Fed pausing its rate hikes is not even on the table for discussion right now, and she thinks a 5% Fed funds rate is a reasonable level where the Fed can hold on and hold its rates. So continue to see what they do. As you know, there's a lot of maybe disagreement or lack of agreement, whatever terms you want to use. Anyway, the continued inversion along yield curve this week reflected worries about the Fed over-tightening. The two-year Treasury note rose 19 basis points this week to 4.5%, and the 10-year yield fell one basis point to 3.82%. Meanwhile, market participants received some good data this week that played into investors' concerns about a deteriorating economic outlook. The October producer price index revealed some disinflation at the producer level when the total PPI of 8% year-over-year versus 8.4% in September, and a core PPI, which excludes food and energy, is up 6.7% year-over-year versus 7.1% in September. There's also the retail sales report for October, which reflected a 1.3% increase following a flat rating in September. So despite the stronger-than-expected retail sales data, there is concern that discretionary spending activity is apt to slow in coming months as more consumers feel the pinch of rising interest rates, stubbornly high inflation, a reduced wealth effect, and increased layoff announcements and concerns about job security. 
And we saw retailers, Target and Walmart, that acknowledged that consumers were pulling back on discretionary purchases after reporting earnings this week. Walmart reported good results in its fiscal third quarter, but CEO David Rainey noted that consumers were making frequent trade-offs and biasing spending towards everyday essentials. In general, there was positive response in earnings reports from retailers this week, including Lowe's, Macy's, Bath Bath and and Body Works, Ross Stores, Foot Locker, Gap, Dow, Component Home Depot, all traded up after reporting their quarterly results. But in the tech sector, Cisco, Applied Materials, and Palo Alto Networks also enjoyed some gains after their earnings reports. There were some not-so-good quarterly results, too. They were met with selling efforts. Williams-Sonoma and Vivance Auto both suffered losses after disappointing with their earnings reports. Micron was another standout individual after cutting its DRAM and NAND wafer starts by uh, give or take 20%, saying that the market outlook for calendar 23 was recently weakened. Micron also said it's working towards additional CAPEX cuts. An added point of concern that market participants dealt with this week is the earnings estimates for 23 that are too high and will be subject to downward revisions. Investors took money off the table this week and are mindful about how much they are willing to pay for every dollar of earnings. To be fair, some contrarian buying interest was stoked by Bank of America's Global Fund Manager survey early in the week that showed an elevated cash position of 6.2%. There was also a knee-jerk response to a halting report earlier this week that a Russian bomb had killed two people in a NATO state, Poland. This development raised the market's anxiety level about the geopolitical situation and potential for a wider conflict in Russia's war with Ukraine. However, follow-up intelligence reports suggested the missiles were not fired by Russia and there wasn't any deliberate action there. That finding helped mitigate the angst in surrounding the initial report. Also, the cryptocurrency market continues to be in focus as more news emerges about the FTX FTX meltdown. And only three S&P 500 sectors squeezed out a gain this week. Utilities up 8 tenths of 1%, healthcare up 1%, consumer staples up 1.7%. On the flip side, energy was down 2.4%, consumer discretionary was down 3.2%, which they were the biggest losers. So year-to-date up through Friday, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is now down 7.1%. The NASDAQ is down 28.8%. The S&P 500 is down 16.8%. And the Russell 2000 is down 17.6%. And looking at some of our high-frequency data trackers that we follow every week, initial jobless came as of November 11th, 222,000. That was an improvement of 1.8%. Continuing claims as of November 4th, 1,507,000. That was a decline in nine-tenths of 1%. We saw box office receipts take a big 220.6% jump. There's a bunch of new movies out there. Real car, tra- real car, car traffic as of November 11th was down 2.3%. Steel production as of the 14th of November was up three-tenths of 1%. The operational state of restaurant industry as of the 16th was up 7.4%, a little jump in restaurant activity. Uh, TSA checkpoint data as of November 17th, an average of 2,151,000. 420 passengers a day going through TSA checkpoints. That was an increase of 1.7% for the week. Supply and motor gasoline as of November 11th was down about 3%. And global commercial flights as of the 17th of November averaged 100,670 a day. And that was up one-tenth of 1%. Dick Donahue with you with Wealth Wake Up Live here on KGMI. We will be back shortly. DeWard and Bodie's Black Friday Early Access Sale is on now. Don't wait. Beat the holiday bustle with doorbuster deals and Black Friday pricing today on appliances, barbecues, mattresses, and more at DeWard and Bodie. Now through Monday, DeWard and Bodie will pay your sales tax on select in-stock cooking and cleaning appliances. That's right. Get Black Friday pricing now on the best selection of ranges, wall ovens, cooktops, and dishwashers. And DeWard and Bodie will pay your sales tax on qualifying orders. Plus, get a $50 Hagen gift card with purchase of select 
select Whirlpool, KitchenAid, and a Manor range in microwave bundles while supplies last. But that's not all. New Ward and Bodie is offering installation rebates up to $150 on select Bosch dishwashers and up to $250 on select Bosch refrigerators, ranges, wall ovens, and cooktops. Don't miss these limited time offers combined with special no-interest financing for up to two full years on qualifying orders. Shop the biggest sale of the season now during DeWard and Bodie's Black Friday Early Access Sale. Financing OAC offer qualifications apply. Well, you've done the drill again, pulled that clunky AC unit out of the window and fired up the furnace as our weather has changed, but maybe it's time to say so long to that tired routine. Hi, I'm Joe T, and for my friends at West Mechanical, Heating, Air Conditioning, and Electric, maybe it's time to consider going ductless. You've no doubt heard about ductless heat pumps, and a ductless system from Mitsubishi Electric Cooling and Heating could be the perfect answer for you, especially if you've been getting by with baseboard heat, zone wall heat, or an inefficient electric furnace. Ductless heat pumps warm your home, but also keep you cool with air conditioning, guaranteeing year-round comfort. And they allow you to heat or cool only the rooms you want. The best thing about Ductless, though, is the money you'll save. With rebates and energy savings, some homeowners save up to $3,000 in the first year. And right now, West Mechanical has a system to meet your needs and financing options that meet your budget. They're the folks I trust to keep my family comfortable. Visit westmechanical.net today for a free assessment and find out whether a Mitsubishi electric ductless system is right for you. That's westmechanical.net. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me, and I gladly stand up. Welcome back to Wealth Wake Up Live, Donahue, Wealth Advisor, with you this morning here live in studio. Uh, we're Asset Advisors. We are located out on the Pacific Highway in the Pacific Commerce Center next to Wilson's Furniture. Our address is 5060 Pacific Highway Suite 101, Ferndale, 98248. Our phone number 360-733-1200. And check out our website at wealthwakeup.com. If you want, go over Click on that little button over there called Insights. There's a lot of good information in there, updated regularly as far as commentary about what we see happening with the market and last quarter, moving ahead into this quarter, and a lot of different economic stuff there that you might find of interest to you. And also, if you didn't listen to Saturday Morning Live this morning, you might want to check out the podcast on Monday morning. Host Charlie Crabtree had... uh, very good program talking about election results today and some of the issues with polling and some of the advanced things that we're seeing coming out there. So anyway, you might go to KGMI.com on Monday after that's downloaded. If you didn't hear that podcast, I think you'll find some interesting information there. Okay, well, we're going to continue here. We're going to talk a little bit about the battle between tax treats and how the IRS and it's about time to heat it up. Because for the first time in years, rich Americans who cheat on their taxes are facing a growing threat from the IRS. And this is despite the Republican Party's best efforts to invoke the tax boogeyman in this month's midterm elections. It's a menace that's unlikely to go away. At issue was the $80 billion earmarked for the IRS over the next decade in President Joe Biden's Inflation Reduction Act. Advocates argued that reinvigorating the agency after a decade of debilitating budget cuts would raise as much as a trillion dollars by forcing tax evaders to pay their fair share. Opponents doubted their estimates and declared paying tens of thousands of agents to pick apart Americans' finances. Charles Reddick, who is the IRS commissioner appointed by President Donald Trump, made little secret when he stood after overseeing an agency with the fewest experienced auditors since World War II. He often expressed his long-held wish through reference of HBO's Game of Thrones, funding to bring in on the fire-breathing dragons. His term expired days after the 22 midterms, just here in the last couple weeks. And just before it became clear on Wednesday which party would control each chamber of Congress, Democrats retained a slim, slim majority in the Senate, Republicans eked out their House more seats. House seats. Democrats' be, uh, better-than-expected margins make it likely that former acting commissioner Danny Werfel, who is Biden's nominee to succeed Reddick, will keep getting the money in the future years. 
and overseeing the implementation of these inve- these investments will be a big focus of the next Congress, according to Ron Wyden, who's an Oregon Democrat who chairs the Senate Finance Committee, and he said that in a statement on Wednesday. He Wyden and his allies have argued that new employees are needed to help the IRS keep up with pri- uh, high-priced advisors of the ultra-rich and their complex tax strategies of the $80 billion, about $45.6 billion, devoted to increased enforcement which the Biden administration has vowed to target off uh, only at the well-off. Much of the new enforcement money will go towards technology, like hiring data sciences to deploy artificial intelligence to identify who should and shouldn't be audited. Not to be a lot of those available from Twitter. Anyway, uh, no one knows how many Americans are cheating on their taxes. The rise in cryptocurrencies makes past estimates even more questionable. An IRS study released in October based on random audits in 14 to 16, she found that Americans owe almost $500 billion more each year than what they pay. Recent academic research suggests the number could be higher, and the richest Americans using offshore structures and private businesses to hide more than a fifth of their income from the IRS. Salaried workers have fewer options to cheat since their income is reported automatically. So despite perceptions of widespread cheating by businesses, though, the vast majority of them do comply with the laws. And while we're talking about taxes, uh, you're also going to see some higher tax brackets and deductions for this coming year because of the rising cost of, of, of inflation, uh, standard deductions, tax rates, limits for retirement plan contributions are among the IRS changes for 23 tax year that should weigh heavily on your tax planning. The top tax rate remains at 37% for single filers whose incomes are greater than 578000 or for couples who file jointly about 694000 Other new rates for single filers include 24% for incomes running from 96000 or 190000 if you're married, 32000 for income starting at 182000 or double that if you're married, and 35% for incomes between 231250 or, again, about 62500 for married fi- joint filers. The uh, 23 standard deduction for couples will be $27,700. That's an $1,800 increase. For single filers, those who use the married filing separately status, the deduction would be half of that or 13850 but that's also up $900. And for those filing as head of household, the standard deduction will be $20,000, up $1,400. And the foreign during income exclusion also rises to $120,000, up from $112,000 this year. And if your income in 23 is the same as this year, you're going to pay a bit less, but solely because your wages and income are not receiving positive adjustments. If your income is up an average of 4 to 5%, your effective tax will be somewhat similar because the tax brackets are just filling up more slowly than in this year. Uh, other beneficiary uh, benefit-related increases indexed inflation would include apply to wealthy taxpayers, but they'll have a smaller impact, including things such as increased parking subsidies, flexible spending accounts, and medical savings accounts. So should wealthy... Uh, Taxpayers, get a, what about, should they alter their tax planning? Well, you know, if you defer income into 23 or you accelerate expenses into 22, if your taxable income is the end of the, the end of a tax bracket, there's a, a tax savings to be made by deferring. So if you're right at that edge of going into the next higher bracket, you may want to try to defer income into next year. Or if you've got a little room, you may want to bring it back into 22. Um, you know, it may be better to take income in 23 and take advantage also of those broader tax brackets. <coughs> you know, this could relate to the timing of a bonus, the sale of an asset, or the timing of receipt of business income for a cash basis taxpayer. The same concept would apply to deductible expenses. And the combined contribution to a 401k plan and similar retirement plans for those 50 or more next year is going to go up 3000 to $30,000. So we're encouraging you, know, you to maximize your contributions, basically. These pre-tax contributions reduce the taxable income, which in some cases saves 35 to 45 cents on the dollar in taxes. 
The same with the backdoor Roth conversions as they're increasing to about $7,500 next year for those that are 50 plus. And given the probability that highest tax rates may be increasing even higher in the future, basically we think that taking advantage of these strategies makes a lot of sense. You should look to fully fund your company retirement plans and beginning in the calendar year is always a good time to review your tax withholding. Married couples with due income uh, couples uh, often find that their withholding can be short due to progressive nature of the tax system. So just a few little things there to think about. Also, the expansion of marginal tax brackets gives retirees the ability to convert more assets from their tax-deferred IRAs to the tax-free. So they may want to look more at Roth conversions. Again, as I mentioned earlier, that is a taxable event. The standard deduction is increasing. Charitable taxpayers also should reevaluate their giving strategies and making sure that they're receiving the tax benefit. Um, consider a donor advice fund, for example. You can put two or three years of donations into a donor advice fund, then spread it out over subsequent years if you're going to be in a lower bracket then than you are now. Um, so there's a lot of little tax planning ideas that a person may want to take and take a look at at this point in time. Got questions about a lot of those things? You can give us a call, 360-733-1200. Dick Donahue with you with Wealth Wake Up Live here in KGMI. We'll be back shortly. Ready to put some skin in the game? The only sports book north of Snohomish County is now open at Silver Reef Casino Resort. Get in the game with baseball, football, basketball, hockey, and your other favorite sports. Visit Portage Bay Sportsbook and Bar and place your bets today. Sportsbook open daily at 9 a.m. Betting kiosks open 24-7. Silver Reef Casino Resort, located off I-5, exit 260. We've got that. At Silver Reef Casino Resort, we've got that. Escape the hustle and bustle of the city and get ready for a fun and relaxation-filled getaway. Luxury hotel rooms? Yep. Championship golf? Mm-hmm. Top-rated casino with all the best slots and table games? Yes and yes. World-class dining at the region's best and Wine Spectator award-winning steakhouse? Yes, please. The total package is only missing one thing. You. Silver Reef Casino Resort. Located off I-5, exit 260. We've got that. Hello, folks. Are you ready to get your estate planning affairs in order, but you don't know where to start? Would you like to hear about the difference between wills and trusts? Do you want to learn how to avoid probate? Do you have questions about Social Security and Medicare? Is it important to you to make life as easy as possible on your spouse and loved ones if something should happen to you? This is Phil George. I'm an elder law and estate planning attorney here in Bellingham. Join me right here on KGMI every Saturday at 1 p.m. for the Aging Hour. And let me show you how to set your family up for success in your retirement. Business owners, you have job openings? We have HireMeWa.com. HireMeWa.com is Cascade Radio Group's hyper-local job board. It's free and easy to use. Upload your available job listings today. Job seekers can post resumes, too. HireMeWa.com is available 24 hours a day. Check back frequently. New job listings added regularly. HireMeWa.com. Business owners, post your job openings for free right now at HireMeWa.com. That's HireMeWa.com. HireMeWa.com is a service of Cascade Radio Group and this station. There's a lot going on right now and broadcasters are on the ground covering all of it bringing you the weather the traffic and breaking news all while entertaining you 24 hours a day someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns and that someone is us we are free radio we are always there we are broadcasters visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more furnished by nab and this station the latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Tired of inefficient heating, poor indoor air quality, and rising energy bills? Contact West Mechanical today at westmechanical.net to explore going ductless with a system from Mitsubishi Electric Cooling and Heating. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. CBS News Brief. A special counsel is taking over two Justice Department probes of former President Trump. CBS's Catherine Herridge on what this means. Special counsel is brought in when they feel the standard handling of a criminal investigation might have the perception of a conflict of interest. 
Almost six feet and counting. The snow is not letting up in Buffalo. WIVB-TV's Tara Lynch. Very slushy, very slick. We've had driving bans. A lot of the major highways are closed. Kind of a stay-at-home situation here. There is a travel ban in place now. Only authorized personnel are allowed on the roads. The founder of failed blood testing company Theranos has been sentenced to 11 years in federal prison. Our Major Garrett with details. Elizabeth Holmes was convicted of fraud and conspiracy earlier this year for misleading investors and endangering patients with a bogus blood testing technology. CBS News Brief. I'm Stacy Lynn. Because there ain't no doubt I love this land. Welcome back to Up Wake Up Live. Dick Donahue with you live and in studio and talking about taxes and all this other good stuff and more tax auditors and taking advantage of new higher tax brackets. We're also seeing that the uh, lame duck Congress is looking at about $100 billion in tax cuts that they may be trying to push through here before the end of the year that uh, basically after the last two years that the Democrats have spent pushing with some success to raise business taxes, they could end up striking a deal at the year end to, with Republicans to roughly cut about $100 billion in taxes. And the Republicans, of course, have taken control of the House as of January, and they want tax breaks for private equity and for manufacturers and businesses. And these are some of these are tax cuts that are expiring, but for their part, the Democrats also want to expand the t- child tax credit using their final weeks of controlling both congressional chambers to reinstitute a policy that they see is critical to reducing child poverty. So in wake of the bruising midterm election campaign, it's unclear whether the two sides can secure a compromise. Fire would see, would see, would see interests harmed on both sides an auger that would all would make more tense alignment in Congress once the two chambers have divided control next year. But an agreement depends in part on the Democrats scaling back their original goal of nearly doubling the current $2,000 per child tax credit and paying it out in monthly installments. Democrats could secure a more modest child tax credit in return for extending the soon-to-expire business tax breaks that the Republicans support, affecting research and development costs, investment deductions, and debt write-offs. The resulting package would result in a swath of stakeholders ranging from private equity firms and pharmaceutical companies to the parents of young children. Companies like Dell Technologies, Ford Motor Company, and Netflix have been urging lawmakers this month to reach a deal on the research benefit which they say is going to cost jobs if it is allowed to lapse. There's going to be a clear debate about tax choices. This whole debate about child tax credit is, is front and center, according to Ron Wyden. And any real year-end year deal could be the most significant tax legislation for years to come, since the Republican House majority would be unlikely to engage with the Biden administration on legislative priorities. And while the party controls both chambers, Still, when the, until the new Congress sits, Democrats still need at least 10 Republican votes in the Senate for any deal to pass, given the filibuster. Democrats' opening offer was to revive the 21 tax credit that boosted the tax break to as much as $3,600 a child and distributed monthly payments, a proposal that cost more than a trillion dollars over a decade. And they would have to settle on a much lower benefit in order to get GOP support of an agreement. So a more realistic price tag for the child tax credit would be in the range of about $45 billion worth of cuts that Republicans are seeking, even though this is a far cry from the progressives' initial plans to transform the tax credit into a new social program. Some Democrats recognize that they'll have even less leverage next year. That means that Democrat December is the best shot for lawmakers of both parties to address their key priorities that will run out when Congress revises them. So the four big tax issues on the center of the debate are the expansion of the child tax credit after Democratic advocates were unable to include it in the Inflation Reduction Act, reviving a version of the deduction for R&D costs that allows companies to reduce tax liability in the same year that they incur the spending. This would benefit manufacturers, drug makers, and tech companies. 
reinstating a more generous deduction for interest expense write-offs that expired at the end of last year. This will benefit highly leveraged companies, including private equity and venture capital firms, and renewing a tax break known as the bonus depreciation that allows businesses to write off their equipment purchases in a single year, benefiting companies with large capital expenditures. Congress is also uh, finalizing an overhaul in the legislation on retirement that would make series of changes to expand savings, such as boosting the automatic contributions for retirement plans and encouraging small businesses to provide retirement benefits. A version of this legislation, dubbed Secure Act II, uh, passed the House and with bipartisan votes earlier this year and has supported both Democrats and Republicans in the Senate. So after a possible year in tax deal, a divided Washington will likely spend the next two years talking about taxes without much action. Republicans are set to put, push legislation uh, from Representative Van Buchan- Vern Van Buchanan of Florida to extend former President Donald Trump's 2017 tax law. Much of it expires in 2025. They're also eager to investigate the IRS, particularly the agency's plans for the $80 billion in funding that we talked about earlier from the Inflation Reduction Act. But such initiatives would be bound to die in the Democratic-controlled Senate even before Biden had a chance to veto them. So going to be interesting to see where we go with these things, but there is discussion at least taking place in the long run. That might be better for all of us that there is some discussion. Okay, well, you know, we talk a lot about required minimum distributions out of IRAs and the fact that you got to do them. But basically, let's talk a little bit about how you can reduce some of the pain of those. Because before the year end, anyone who is age 72 or older is going to have to take their RMDs from their tax advantage retirement plans, which is your 401ks, your IRAs, etc. These distributions are going to be taxable income. And this year, the mandatory withdrawal can be a little bit more painful since the required distribution amounts are based on the values at the end of last year when market values were you know, 15 to 20% higher than today. That means retirees will have to take out a larger chunk of their nest egg than usual. There are, however, a few legal workarounds in order to reduce the sting in selling in a down market. One, you can do in-kind distributions. So rather than taking your distribution in cash, you can take an equivalent amount of assets and reinvest them in a taxable account. It's called an in-kind distribution. This allows you to, allows you for, to not sell anything, just to move the stock from one account to another. This tactic is essentially the same as selling enough shares of an IRA or a 401k to meet the RMD, then buying those shares back via a separate voltage account. There are no tax advantages, but there is the psychological benefit that it allows you to feel good about not selling while the market is down. And when you have to sell shares at depressed values, you often feel as if you're chopping down a beloved tree when it's, when it's uh, wilting. So uh, if it encourages you to think instead of transplanting the tree to a new orchard. So that's one option, in-kind distributions or buying them back. The second is Roth conversions. Rather than taking the required minimum to assets and moving them to a brokerage account, uh, we can also look at doing a Roth conversion. Uh, that you have to do, though, before. You have to do the RMD, so you're not eliminating that RMD. So it's important to mention that. Um, but if you do convert to a 401k or a traditional IRS to a Roth, where the assets can grow tax-free, after that first five years, you can also withdraw them tax-free. So a Roth conversion is one option. Again, it is a taxable event. What's more, Roth IRAs are never subject to required minimum distribution. So once you make that conversion, you don't have to worry about taking those RMDs in the future. So transferring to a Roth IRA from a traditional account is superior to transferring from a traditional IRA account a brokerage account, so something to think about. Also, using life insurance is another option that may come into play, where if you fund a life insurance policy, that money goes, of course, to your heirs tax-free, and if later years, if you got cash in it, you could also borrow against it. Uh, Some plans also allow you to use uh, some of those cash for long-term care uh, uh, premiums or costs. And then alternative, the required distributions go back into your favorite charity. Uh, we do a ton of QZDs uh, where you basically, if you're over 70 and a half, you're able to take money out of that IRA 
donate it directly to a charity. Therefore, you do not pay tax on it, and you're actually up, able to do up to $100,000 a year in that way. They are a great strategy to further your philanthropic goals, satisfy your annual R&D, reduce your tax liability. The donation check must be issued directly from your IRA custodian to the qualified charity to satisfy all or part of someone's annual R&D requirements. And then uh, balance out your RMDs with tax planning. Uh, When you use careful planning, your required distributions can be used in conjunction with tax loss harvesting elsewhere. So uh, using tax loss harvesting, for example, in your taxable accounts this year with the market down, this involves selling your underperforming or money-losing assets, which are considered capital losses. These losses can offset capital gains from other assets. In some cases, can even reduce ordinary income up to $3,000 of capital losses that are not otherwise offset by capital gains can be used to offset ordinary income. So taking a look at your gain-loss reports, this is something we're doing a lot of right now. We have a program we do run for our clients where we can actually scan in their tax return from previous years and go in and do a lot of what-ifs. And, of course, it's also an opportunity to rebalance so the regulations for required minimum distributions can be complicated. They can also be banding. There is some legal way. If you have multiple IRAs, you can satisfy your total IRMD from one IRA or any combination of them. And and it's not that it is not the case for 401Ks or other qualified plans. If you have a 401K, you have to take out of that specific 401K or other plan. Only IRAs do you have that option of picking and choosing. But given that flexibility, the required distributions may be a good reason for you to assess and tweak your portfolio Use this as an opportunity to sell overweight investments or asset classes or to rebalance your overall investment allocation. So there are some things that you can take a look at. And, uh, again, something we do a lot of work with, uh, more than happy to sit down and help you take a look at it. So if you've got questions for us, you can always give us a call, 360-733-1200. And with that, we are going to take a quick break. We'll be back shortly. At Kendall Subaru of Marysville, we know that winter weather can surprise us with wet and sometimes adventurous driving conditions. It's no surprise that an all-wheel drive Subaru is ready for whatever Mother Nature throws our way. With the Subaru Share the Love event on now, you can get a great deal on a new all-wheel drive Subaru and lend a hand to a charity at the same time. With each new Subaru sold or leased, Subaru will donate $250 to your choice of five national and hometown charities like the Tulalip Foundation, Make-A-Wish, ASPCA, Meals on Wheels, or the National Park Foundation. At Kendall, we're always looking for ways to give back to our community and share the love locally. For each new Subaru sold or leased, Kendall will also make an additional $50 donation to support the Tulalip Foundation. Stop by Kendall Subaru of Marysville during the Subaru Share the Love event or get started at KendallSubaruMarysville.com. Kendall, let's start something great. Offer valid November 17th, 2022 to January 3rd, 2023. See dealer for full details. Want to win big? We're celebrating 50 years at Barron. Hi, I'm John Barron, owner of Barron Heating, AC, Electrical, and Plumbing. And I'm Brad Barron, fourth generation here at Barron. I'll never forget the tools in Dad's garage and the paperwork on Mom's table as our home became the beginnings of Barron Heating. Our humble start grew into the Barron of today, serving five counties and providing careers for over 200 families. Since 1972, customers have been the heart of our business. And today, those family values are put into every job we do. We love this community and want to celebrate with savings on solar, generators, plumbing, air duct cleaning, and more. Plus, save 20% on services like annual maintenance as a Silver Shield member. And five people will win 5,000 Baron bucks towards any Baron service or installation. Book through November 30th to be entered to win. From all of us at Baron, thank you. We look forward to serving you for the next 50 years. Baron Heating, AC, Electrical, and Plumbing. Our mission, improving lives. No purchase necessary. Visit BaronHeating.com for details. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life, and I had to start again with just my children and my wife. Welcome back to Wealth Wake Up Live. Dick Donahue, Wealth Advisor, here with you this Saturday morning. We are live. We're in studio. Uh, I saw an interesting piece come out. Uh, those that may be following it may be aware that the state legislature a year ago uh, passed a capital gains income tax that is actually effective for the year of 2022. And um, 
basically uh, been a lot of questions to the Department of Revenue at the state level as to whether or not they're going to try to collect what is considered to be an unconstitutional income tax. And uh, basically there's been a ruling uh, by uh, Supreme Court uh, 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 back in March this year uh, uh, that it was an income tax. And uh, so that's under appeal to the state's uh, uh, Supreme Court. But in the meantime, the attorney general has basically gone to the Supreme Court and asked the Supreme Court to allow the Department of Revenue to collect this capital gains tax even before there's a final ruling in the case. So essentially what the attorney general is doing, he's saying that he's still not considering it to be an income tax and uh, and doesn't know what the court's going to do, but thinks that the state ought to be able to collect that capital gains tax, which would be on the sale of assets that uh, uh, basically would be due next by next April. Uh, when you pay your taxes, you'd have to pay that tax to the, the state of Washington. So even though the, the state Supreme Court has not ruled yet, as to whether or not it is an income tax or not. I've seen some interesting discussion coming out, including a, a former head attorney for the IRS that has looked at it, and um, he said there's no way, but what it is not an income tax, which is not legal under the state constitution. So uh, it's probably interesting just for me at least to keep following with these things and seeing what's going on and now and then talk about them because uh, the fact that the uh, the uh, in this case, the State Department of Revenue has continued to work on implement- implementing rules, and the state attorney general has come out and told them to keep doing it. Now has asked the state supreme court to not pay any attention to the previous court ruling and go ahead and implement it before they've made a final supreme court ruling. Okay, a little bit more, just more craziness going on here. Um, also saw a report come out this week I thought was interesting about the cities in the United States where that have the biggest share of mortgage-free homes. I thought this was really interesting because more than 30 million homes in the U.S. are mortgage-free. And rather interesting, Florida, which has the highest proportion of retirees, the state with the biggest percentage of free and clear residences, suggesting it's better shielded from a decline in real estate values. Of the 15 U.S. counties, with more than 500,000 homes, Palm Beach in Florida had the greatest concentration of residences that were paid up. 41.5% of their 567,000 homes. The data was compiled by real estate analytics firm Alton, or Atten, A-T-T-O-N, and it showed that neighboring Broward County, which includes Fort Lauderdale and parts of Miami, is the next highest with 36% of its 624,000 homes that are totally paid for. Um, and while there are 746,950,000 homes paid for in the five California counties with more than 500,000 residents, the most in any state, the proportion is free and clear sits at 17% of the 4.5 million total. And the counties are in Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, San Bernardino, and San Diego. And through the, throughout the U.S., more than 30 million homeowners are sitting on 100% equity positions, equating to about 34% of all the homes and condominiums in the country. And the pandemic-gangering housing boom has delivered windfall wealth gains for millions of Americans over the last two years. The explosion of growth in U.S. home prices, which surged almost 40% since 2019, is an even different, deeper significance for the millions of homeowners that are mortgage-free. In New York, New York City, the concentration of wealth and the attractiveness for international buyers boosts the share of mortgage-free houses in Manhattan to almost 60%. By comparison, the share in Los Angeles is just 16%. And the share of free and clear, home, free and clear homes in Areas around Washington, D.C. are among the lowest. Large counties in the U.S. are proportionately below 15% in Prince George's, Maryland, as well as Prince William and Loudoun, Virginia. In September, 23% of home purchases in the U.S. were all cash sales, up from 22% a year earlier, according to the National Association of Realtors. 
So going down this list real quickly of U.S. free home share, Palm Beach, Florida, as I mentioned earlier, 41.5%. Broward County, Florida, about 35.8%. Cook County, Illinois, 29.7%. Baxter, Texas, 28.7%. Clark uh, County, Nevada, uh, 27.8%. Tarrant, T-A-R-R-A-N-T, Texas, 25.7%. 25.7. Dallas, Texas, almost 25%. Maricopa County in Arizona, 24.1%. Harris County in Texas, 22.7%. Riverside County in California, 19.5%. San Bernardino, California, 18.5%. Orange County, California, 16%. Los Angeles, 15.9%. San Diego, 15.7%. And King County, Washington, 15.5% of the homes are mortgage-free. Rather interesting statistics when you sit down and think about them. And a couple quick ones here. Talking about mortgages, we also saw that mortgage rates dropped below 7%, uh, which here in the last week or so, which is the biggest decline since July. Uh, Rates fell by the most since end of July, slipping below 7%. Uh, helping generate a bounce in purchases applications that otherwise remain depressed. The contract rate on 30-year fixed mortgages decreased by 24 basis points. That would be almost a quarter of a percent to 6.9%, and that was for the weekend of November 11th. According to the Mortgage Bankers Association, and the report released this last Wednesday, the group's index of applications to buy homes rose about 4.4%, the most since June, but still near the weakest levels since 2015. And the pickup in demand allowed the overall measure of mortgage applications, which includes refinancing, to rise for the first time in two months. The index for refinancing activity, however, fell to a fresh 22-year low. And the rate-sensitive housing market has deteriorated rapidly this year as the Federal Reserve tightens monetary policy to help reduce inflation. After consumer and producer price growth in October, both eased up by more than forecasts. Some policymakers are pushing for a slower pace of interest rate hikes in the coming months, which we talked about earlier today. Still, they acknowledge that inflation is far too high. And the Mortgage Banker Association survey, which was conducted weekly since 1990, uses a response from mortgage bankers, commercial banks, and, th- and thrifts. The data cover more than 75% of all retail more, uh, residential mortgage applications in the U.S. So a little drop in interest rates for buying a new house. And I get callers all the time that call and ask me about Social Security. And uh, one hand or the other day says, well, taking my Social Security spousal survivor be- benefits early affect their retirement benefit. And basically, uh, she said, I did not know that spouse benefits and spousal survivor benefits upon death were two different benefits. And she said, if I were 62 years of age, my full retirement benefit was 67, is the following true? Basically, she said, when taking the spouse survival benefit upon death of the spouse, does that formula still work? For example, at 62, I would be 60 months short of my full retirement age. So doing a calculation on what the discount would be, basically it comes up to the fact that this would receive, this person in this case would receive about 79% of their husband's monthly benefits. In this case, if his monthly benefit was $2,700, she would receive 0.79% of that or $2,133 a month. So basically she said, I read an article that mentioned that your percentage would be based on when your husband started taking his Social Security benefits. My husband started taking his benefits at age 59 due to disability. He was given 100% rating at that time, and when he reached 67, they moved him to full retirement age. Would this affect anything? Also, look another part of the question, she said the survival benefit. If I'm taking 79% of his benefit at my age 62 when he dies, would I be able to get it increased to 100% at my full retirement age when I reach 67, or would that 79% basically stay with me for the rest of my life? So pretty simple questions, answers here. And, the, and basic all, basically the answer to the last question first is if you take survivor benefits at age 62, the reduction in benefits is permanent. 
So that 79% or 21% reduction stays in effect for the rest of your life. And that formula, uh, basically, uh, that they used in this case, was 79% was correct. And basically also, if her, if her husband started taking benefits due to disability, then switched over to retirement benefits at 67, which is full retirement age, uh, basically you would not be able to, it would not affect your survivor benefits. It is taking retirement benefits before, before retirement age that can reduce your benefits. So once you take that reduction, you're basically stuck with it. It ain't going to go, it isn't, ain't, whatever I'm going to say here. It's not going to go away. It's, it's there. It's going to be with you for the rest of your life. I uh, also saw an interesting article. I don't have the time to cover it all, but uh, uh, places to retire outside of the United States. And uh, number two on that list is Ireland. We're seeing that a lot of Americans are actually are, are moving to Ireland. Uh, they have a strong dollar coupled with post-pandemic relaxation of travel restrictions. So we're seeing a record number go over there. Um, the, uh, uh, basically Ireland has a combination of really highly educated population, a good economic opportunity, open, inquisitive people also resulted in the country being ranked as one of the best places to live in the world. It's, uh, similar, similar in, in climate to what we see here in North America. I may get back to that one in a later show, but, uh, want to thank you for listening today. Have a great week. You got questions for us, give us a call. 360-733-1200. And don't forget our show tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. We're going to talk about all the little market numbers and all the index, economic indexes for the week. Thanks for listening. voiced in Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, a registered investment advisor.